Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. As every Cosmo reader knows, the only thing more salacious to talk about than love and sex is love and sex and lies. Cheating is one of the most popular topics on Cosmopolitan.com again and again and again, and for good reason. I think there's a pretty good chance that if you've never cheated, you've probably been cheated on. So I am your host of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast, Elisa Benson. I'm here for you guys every week. I would never cheat on you. Although I can't say the same for the guys I've dated. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So today we have a handful of brave readers who are sharing their stories about cheating. We have stories about catching cheaters in the act. We have stories about naughty affairs with roommates and birthdays and anniversaries wrecked by lies. I am joined in the Cosmo Unicorner by a motley crew of scandalous lying, cheating humans in the flesh. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, starting with Cosmopolitan.com features Emma. I'm literally really <laughs> editor. <laughs> Is that your way of saying you've never cheated? I've never cheated, and I've also, as far as I know, never been cheated on. Well, that's a thing. You don't always know. Actually, I think you do always know. Everyone finds out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're here to represent the non-cheaters yeah. in the world, all, like, two of you. Yeah. Um, but I also have talked to a lot of my friends who cheat or have cheated or yes. whatever. Emma Barker, um, well, you just moved into a new role at Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Congrats, by the way, you. on your promotion. Um, but at the time when I booked you for this podcast, <laughs> you were still overseeing all the sex and relationship content on Cosmo. So you have written and edited, well, probably more edited, like, 10 million stories about cheating. Mm-hmm. They blow up every time. Yes. Why do you think that is? Why are people so endlessly fascinated um i think it's because you don't really like people just want confirmation of what their gut is telling them Mm. like you want to read something that's like yes he is cheating or no he's definitely not but mostly people want to know that he is right there's that feeling and once you have that like doubt in your mind yeah once you have that doubt you just need like confirmation Absolutely. So you just want to read another story where you're like, I had those exact same doubts, and like that person turned out to be cheating. Right. And then you just want to dump him. Right. 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 And People just like, want to Bye. dump their boyfriend. Yeah. They, that's what we're here for to help you. Dump Everyone your boyfriend. dump your boyfriend. <laughs> and speaking of boyfriends, um, we have, I think it's fair to say, an on-off couple in the room, including our health editor, Catherine Schreiber. Hi, Catherine. Hi. And. Okay, is it? I don't even know how to explain you guys. Um, on your on-off boyfriend, Sandy. Yeah, Hi, Sandy. Hello. <laughs> how are you? Okay, like I think I need you guys to sort of explain your relationship here. 
Well, in a nutshell, it's complicated. We've been engaged. We've been, um, we've excommunicated each other for periods of time. We've gotten back together. Um, we like to refer to each other as uh, ambiguously significant others. I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Is that like the new, like, consciously uncoupling? I ambiguously feel, significant. <laughs> definitely. I think that should be a term. I think a lot of people can actually relate to that. Um, I think we just do it more explicitly. Um but uh, yeah, so we, we've been on an interesting journey for the past four years. And so how did you guys meet? How did you guys first meet four years ago? We met at a tennis tournament, which oh. is like the most Caucasian way to meet ever. <laughs> like I, I don't play tennis. Sandy does. I was there representing a company I was writing for at the time. And so I went with like a tight little T-shirt and their logo on it. And Sandy came right up to me um, and we exchanged numbers. And then... I called her and we went out and I didn't know it was even if it was a date or not because it was so like we were just friendly when we met. Right. So I was just like, okay, I'll just go out with this woman as a friend. Right. And also if she was there for work, it's a little like, is this like a uh, I didn't know. Yeah. So we just went out. We went to like a wine bar. We had a couple glasses of wine. It was nice. And then I was like, we talked about hiking and like, let's go hiking. And she had brought it up. And yeah. So we went hiking. So we like, and then I just what? Went this is so magical. <laughs> yeah. So then I just thought, oh, this is fun. And then I thought we were in the friend zone. Like I definitely thought we were just friends. Like okay. I wasn't sure. Because... So you have the wine date, you have the hiking date, but you're a little like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. it's very, it's very comfortable immediately. Right. We're super comfortable. We definitely, we're friendly right off the yeah. bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we did a few more things. I forget what the third date was exactly, whether it was Astoria or I don't think it was, but we did, what was it? I don't know, but I remember that we slept together right before my 24th Birth, birthday. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that worked really well. Yeah. Yeah, my birthday. <laughs> that, that worked. That worked. Yeah. Um, so you guys had this sort of like adorable meeting story and sort of friends and then something more. Um, and then over the past four years, how has, who cheated first is basically what I want to ask. I cheated first. And do you want to sort of explain that a little bit? Yeah, I think like, so I think we kind of went really quickly into our relationship. Like we got engaged about, we were like a year, we were together for a year. Yeah, okay. He's really, that's quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think like we both didn't really know what we were doing, but we were both really excited. Mm -hmm. And I think I was so young at the time. Um, and I didn't really understand how to communicate things that I wanted. And I kind of just assumed Sandy would like magically read my mind and give me them. And then I was like really resentful when I didn't get those things. Um, and I was also embarrassed about some of those things. And I'm not talking like necessarily on a sexual level because like we're pretty good on that front. But I mean, it was more like emotional. I mean, from basic things, just like showcasing our relationship on Facebook or and it's like it's they're technically really superficial, but I'm a millennial and I wanted to feel important in certain ways that Sandy, because no, no uh, bad uh, comment on his character, but he is a lot older than I am. So I don't think he is in on the same like value system of like what what is exciting and like validating Mm -hmm. for someone my age. And so like not to oversimplify it, but like I could see how that would be a factor with an age difference in a relationship where you're like, well, we have to be Facebook official or it's not real. Mm -hmm. Or like, why haven't you put me in your profile picture? And Sandy, you're probably just like, what? 
Yeah. 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 I, I, my attitude was, I don't even go on Facebook. Like, right. I, I go on You're it like, once. what's Facebook? I can speak to this because yeah. my husband is nine years older than me and he doesn't have Facebook. What? Right. There yeah. you go. He's like, yeah. who are you? Right. <laughs> I literally give him like, like I'll send him screenshots of our friends, like Facebook updates and be like, oh my God, look what so-and-so was on <laughs> Facebook. And I like oh emailed him a screenshot. <laughs> You're like, I mail him letters. That I are, basically do. Yeah, I give him like steeples. an IRL like recap of what <laughs> happened on Facebook in each day. Oh, oh my god. god. So you get it. That's yeah, exactly it. Yeah, we were never yeah. in a Facebook relationship and I remember that was like cuz he had Facebook when we first started dating. Uh-huh. And I remember like thinking that was kind of weird but then I didn't want to be like the overbearing like younger girlfriend right. who's like you have to friend me on social media. Right. right. And so I didn't say anything and then eventually he just deleted Facebook and I was like well problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was an issue and the way we communicated in the beginning was you would just throw things at me. That's not true. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> not true. <laughs> but that was only until later. Yeah. <laughs> You're like that was just this morning. No, so okay, so you were feeling after you guys have been together, you know, about a year at some point, but you were saying you're very young and you were maybe just like kind of feeling like you guys didn't necessarily always align in the way you were communicating. Yeah. And it wasn't just it was like off Facebook. too. Like there were some things mm-hmm. like with our like like family, like, you know, that just kind of didn't align. And I was like, why didn't you defend me in that situation? But of right. course, my way of saying it was like. I'm gonna not salt your food at dinner or something. You know, it was like yeah. very like oh, totally. like passive aggressive. Yeah. Like I didn't. It just yeah. resentment kind of built up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's my whole strat. Like passive aggressive. Yeah. And you sense that resentment building up, but you don't know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the difficulty in communicating that between each other. That's where it led. Right. So were you guys already engaged when you first cheated? Um. Was it? Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of, yeah. Kind it was of like, right after that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it kind of months. came from that sense of like, I'm looking for something in this person that I'm not getting, but I don't know how to ask for it. So my default is to go look for it elsewhere rather than just be like, hey, this is what I'm feeling on a very vulnerable level. And I don't want to look like a chump in front of you. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to also put distance between myself it was like an emotional buffer like I reached out to some guy who I knew would say yes you know and like you know um hooked up with him and it kind of enabled me to feel like emotionally protected from how hurt I felt in the relationship did you like genuinely think or hope that Sandy wouldn't find out or did you like kind of hope that he would and then like you guys would have to talk about it that's a good question. I, you know, I don't know that I, I don't think it was that conscious at all. Like I, I think that I just wanted to immediately gratify myself mm. and, and not just like physically, but protect myself from, from feeling hurt and vulnerable. And that it was more like an impulsive response to emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. And avoidance thereof. <laughs> but I have a question about this because I think everything you have like amazing perspective on this. Um, and it's actually so interesting to talk actually to be like sitting across the room from you guys and hear you talking about having communication issues because it's so obvious that you guys communicate about everything. <laughs> and like literally like, better than anyone else. Right. <laughs> are like so open with each other. So it's really interesting. But um, 
But I think it's, you know, interesting to sort you have this amazing perspective on it, but to hear you explain it is sort of like feeling vulnerable and this was your solution for it. Because in some ways, like, I sort of get it, but in some ways that makes no sense at all. Like, what were Mm -hmm. you really looking for? Like, why why was it sort of like hooking up with this other guy Mm -hmm. is going to, like, make my relationship better? Like, can you unpack that a little? No, that's a great question. And and we actually spoke about this last night over dinner. well, it, it it wasn't that wasn't the solution, and I, I it was it was an avoidance strategy, um, and I think what I was really looking for was stability and security, um, and a sense of just like reassurance, um, and like reassurance that someone thinks I'm hot and that guys are like into me, like that kind of thing. Reassurance that someone thinks sure. I'm hot, guys are into me, that I have an out in the event this doesn't work out. Mm. Um, reassurance. D- of fear, you know, allaying my fears. Um, but you can kind of like hope that someone else gives you that, but you really have to find that in yourself. I mean, not to be totally cliche, but but I think that's something that I've struggled with a lot in, in not just this relationship, but like every relationship is like, I'm looking for the other person to give me the sense of stability that like I should really cultivate in myself. And that's kind of where I keep going wrong over and over again and thinking, oh, I just push people away and then I'll feel better. But really, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're like, right. But yeah. also like, I mean, easier said than done. My sure. God. <laughs> um, so, Sandy, when did you find out that this happened? Uh, How did you find out? I was actually going to jump in there, right? Please talk. I, yeah. I was yeah, going like... to say that next. Actually, she told me. She okay. told me. So it kind of speaks to what mm-hmm. you said. She kind of came back and said, like, it was a while later. Um, like how long? It was like five months later. Okay. But um, And still during the engagement? Or had you called off? We were still engaged. Yeah, we were still engaged. We were still engaged. And we had had like a really nice period after that. Yeah. Like after. Like it actually did kind of fix things for a while. I I mean, that's an interesting like. (laughs) Well, if I remember correctly, you didn't tell me about, maybe I'm remembering wrong. Was it five months later? I think, I think you, okay. So it's very complicated. (laughs) What actually happened was I did catch her doing something different. (laughs) <laughs> she went out with a girl. She had a date. Oh, yeah. That's what actually happened. Who was that one? You never told me about that other stuff till later. So you went out on that date, and that's when I found out. that You, you actually had a date with a girl. She went out with a date with a girl. And um, that's when I realized that uh, that's when it came up. And then we had a big sort of like discussion that was, you know, heartfelt. And we had a lot went back and forth. And then after that, we had a really good period for like five months or so. And then one night, I think we were just sitting on the couch and we were drinking red wine and we were having sort of a nice night and you started crying. Yeah. And then you just told me. That's, yeah. That's when it came up. So she just started crying. She's mm-hmm. like, I have to tell you something. And this thing happened and I don't want to hide it. I don't want any, I don't want to hide things from you. And you just told me. And since then, you've told me like everything, I think. How did you react? I was very mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really angry. And, um, I was very upset. Had you ever cheated on someone or been cheated on before? Like, were you bringing that kind of, like, baggage yes, into it? I have been cheated on before. Yeah. Uh, and you've cheated a lot. Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's lie. slow down. Not on you. I've never cheated on mm. Katie. Um, yeah, when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, um, there was, uh, there was, I I actually was telling, we, we talked about this last night. I actually had a bunch of women that I dated, like two or three in a row, where there was infidelity. It was like the mm-hmm. late 90s. And I think 
I think it was the '90s. Everyone was doing it. No one was loyal to their partners in the '90s. Not even the president. It was like, I do think there was this period where Magic Johnson had gotten AIDS in like '90 or something, and everyone was terrified of AIDS and HIV, and we were scared, and like everyone was like being really safe. And then all of a sudden, seven years later, he was fine, and everyone was like. Wait, he's fine. Let's all have sex again. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of like, and then every like this and, huge sigh of relief. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Literally. all of a sudden that's when this modern sexual revolution started. To me, it was like the late '90s. I felt like women just started sleeping around again, and uh, and they were. I thought. When did Sex in the City come out? Around that time. Yeah. Around 90. that time. Mm, I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, it was like ninety. Dot, 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 yeah. I was going to say it was late late '90s to like. Early 2000s, yeah. Sex in the City. I mm-hmm. think I'm going to say 98 to 2004. I have no yeah. idea, but I'm I think he it might out actually there. be right. Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> He's really you just that. read the Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have it like, on my phone. Yeah, you no. just like outgirled us. That was I, I don't know. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Okay, so sexual revolution, late 90s. You were in relationships where you were both cheating and cheated on. Yeah, I was dating this woman and well, I, no, I had never done it. See, that's what actually happened to me was I had been cheated on by one woman that I was dating who ended up um, like cheating on me. And she ended up going out with this. Uh, I used to do stand up comedy. She ended up with this famous stand up comic who I will not sell out on this. Oh my God, tell show. us later. Yeah. Uh, maybe off, <laughs> maybe off mic, I will, I will tell, I will, I will lay that out there. But I'm not going to sell him out because yeah. he sent me an apology letter years later about doing it. Um, anyway, they cheated. They ended up getting married and divorced and had a whole horrible life together. So it worked out. So that, you won. So I won. So. After that event, then the next woman sort of cheated on me again in a relationship. It was a weird relationship, too, that was sort of open, and I ended up getting a little hurt. And then after that, I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, everyone keeps cheating on me. I'm going to cheat on someone. And sort of in my next relationship, I did end up having some infidelities myself. And I want to put a pause on that to ask, you know, because the way you're saying it now, you know, like, oh, I'm going to cheat in my next relationship, which is, of course, because you're retelling something that happened, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. But was it really that intentional? I mean, did you go into a relationship thinking, okay, so it wasn't like you were actually thinking you needed to be, like, vindictive for Uh, your past wound. I got to find someone to cheat on. Right. (laughs) It's rare that you're like, I need, right, looking for a long-term relationship who I will cheat on. Right. But so you're in a relationship and it maybe felt to you like an option in a way that yes. maybe wasn't a real option before. Well, yeah. What happened is I formed a new long-term relationship and then I said, oh, you know, oh, this other woman wants to be involved with me. All right, I'll do it. Like it sort of was like they would do it. Why don't I do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's where you get tripped up morally and that's what I ultimately got to the point where I said, I can't do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I have to stop doing that. It's you have not... to stop cheating. Yeah. So it made you feel bad. You felt Yeah, guilty. yeah. I don't know what those people that did it to me felt, but then I felt guilty and I didn't do it anymore So when that point. So when Katie told you that she had cheated, did were you bringing in, like, your feelings of, like, oh, well, everyone does it, or were you bringing in your feelings of, like, cheating is morally wrong and, like, you're a bad person? Um. Oh God, that's that's hard. A little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's like, you know, you naturally gravitate to the thing like 
can't you see that I've changed? But she doesn't know mm-hmm. that I've changed over years. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't do this anymore. Yeah. You want to say that, and you're a morally bad person for doing this. You want to do all of that. But then I also sort of forgave her because I had done that. Right. And I realized that. I said, well, I do this. I did it. You know, I don't do it anymore, but I did it. So and you can remember, I forgive like, the someone? Of yeah. That. Yeah. Can I forgive someone for that? And it worked out in the sense that for the next week, she was so nice to me. I've never seen her that <laughs> nice. She would do anything I wanted. It was really, yeah. my, my maybe going forward, we'd do that once a year just so I get a week just, of whatever well, I so want. Did you immediately, like, in that same conversation where she told you, did you guys, like, immediately work it out and get to the point where, like, okay, well, we'll move past this? Or was it, like, big fight? silence for like days and then you like talked about it again and I also want to know your interest level in the logistics of what happened because I feel like that's something that like I always imagine like is it sort of like I don't want to know anything about this or is it like who Mm -hmm. was it with when did it happen like I wanted all the details you wanted all the details Mm -hmm. I wanted every detail yeah who is it with when did it happen you know how many times? What did you do? Did you, how, did you speak to him afterwards? What's your relationship now? You want to know every mm, single right. detail. Mm-hmm. I do. Right. I wanted to know every single detail. Right. Were you like- were you comfortable telling that, Katie? N- no, but I felt like I owed it to him. Uh huh. And in fact, like I, it, it is that interesting thing where you hold something like that inside for so long, and I came clean to him because I was like, okay, if we're really engaged, if we're really going to do this, like. You need to know this. It's not, I just felt so guilty about that. So I spilled the beans and then I was like, well, hopefully that'll be it. And then he was like, no, but I want to know like every detail. And and it was like ongoing. And then I was like, oh God. <laughs> and yeah. And when you cheated, um, did you feel like immediate guilt afterwards? Do you feel relief? Like how did it make you feel in the moment? Because it sounds like, you know, eventually like five months later, like mm-hmm. in some ways you mm-hmm. were kind of like off the hook. Like you could have never told him. Like you'd gotten away with it. Yeah. I had gotten away with it. I mean, but not internally. Like, I was, like, so torn up by it. It was, like... Like, all those five months you thought about it all the time? Yeah. And I guess what really was the precipitating factor in me opening up was that I... I I mean, I think this is why I did it, like I said before, but I I didn't want that distance between us that having that secret um, put in place like I knew that like we were being vulnerable or intimate but there was still a part of me that like I wasn't like he wasn't able to get into and like to me in a relationship and I don't know if this is pathological but I like I want to be as close as possible to the person and like that's really important but like that was barring me from that that sense of connection and so I don't know if that answered your question Mm -hmm. but um no no definitely and I'm also just curious about like the logistics of it like were there like was there a moment of like I have to delete certain texts I have to like wipe out my Facebook message you know like did you do things to cover it up were you like I need to go and get tested for STDs like what was your sort of what were some of the like logistical motions that you went through after this yeah the, well yeah there was a lot of secrecy with like deleting um text messages or like just being nervous that like my foot fo- like he'd come across my phone and like whatever i feel like cheating must be so hard and nerve-wracking with the cloud yeah <laughs> like my notes like there. pop up on our desktop sometimes at home <laughs> like i don't yeah. know how the cloud works i'm not technologically savvy enough <laughs> no to, like, one understand where all my stuff is popping up right yeah and like just to like have like a text or like a cal invite like pop up on our desktop it's like well 
that's over now. Right. <laughs> There's my secret calendar in yeah. 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 And I think what's also dangerous about that, too, is like, so I've seen some of your texts pop up on your computer when we've been going through rocky periods. And mm. I'll be like, well, who is, you know, yeah. Lisa, you know, and, and, and you just kind of project all this meaning onto a certain text if it's from the opposite sex. And, you know, I was so afraid that you know, the person I cheated with was not emotionally meaningful to me. It wasn't somebody I wanted to have a relationship with. It just was like, I mean, this is like, sounds like I'm a horrible person, but I was kind of just using him to feel better about myself. And, and I didn't want Sandy to think that like Sandy himself was any less important in my eyes than that other person. In fact, in a strange way, it almost made Sandy more important that I like felt the need to do that I mean in my heart or mm-hmm. whatever you call it because so you feel, yeah you felt like you were like doing it to like save the relationship to well n- n- because uh, no to to I was so scared of how strongly I felt about Sandy uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it's like I couldn't handle that and I couldn't handle the hurt so I needed something to distract myself to feel like I had an out to mm-hmm. to, to give me that buffer and then I thought, oh, God, if well, if he reads the texts, he's going to think that I'm my intentions are like, I actually want to leave him, whereas really it wasn't. But right. then, like, how do you communicate that? And, like, yeah, it's that's why it's so complicated. <laughs> it's interesting to think about the texts. Your fear, it sounds like what you're saying is part of your fear of that was that they were, like, emotionally intimate in a way that was not at all how you felt about this guy or this situation. Sure, because you also say things to, like, keep the person around. Totally. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't mean, yeah. Totally. And, I mean, I think that's, like, as we were just saying, two of anything. Like, you see one random text that's, like, hey, and it's, like, what? Are you in love with this person? You know, it's easy to read into it with things like that. To be fair, I do say hey to people I'm in love with. I say hey to my husband all the time. All the time. You guys are so in love. Yeah. Um, can I ask you really quick about the person you hooked up with? Mm-hmm. Did I mean I assume he knew you were engaged? Mm-hmm. Like, did he have any reservations? Did he know that like you weren't planning to like leave Sandy for him? Yeah, like, he had no expectations. So he was, he thought it was just like a one eight stand or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and he was also in a relationship, so oh. it was like not you know Scandal. we kind of were both like yeah this is not this is like a side thing and okay. there's no expectations and and I think that's why I I felt safe doing it because I was like okay this guy like knows the deal mm-hmm. yeah one thing I think is so interesting about talking to you guys that I've always thought is interesting about cheating is that it's so often positioned as a deal breaker. Like someone cheated, do we break up? Or even a lot of couples stay together after cheating, but that's always the conversation. The way that isn't necessarily a conversation around other things. You know, if someone, um, you know, loses their job or if someone, you know, there's a sense of sort of like being... Or even lies about something else. Yeah, lies about something else. You know, like people do... Horrible things happen in relationships and people do horrible things. But I think there's something specifically about cheating where it's sort of like that is something that could be a deal breaker. And I feel like you guys are sort of an interesting example of like how it doesn't necessarily have to be, but that also doesn't mean it needs to be a secret. Mm -hmm. I think it's so common now that, I mean, we've seen statistics on divorce and on infidelity, and you guys probably post lots of articles on that all the Mm -hmm. time. And it's such a common thing that you have to look at the relationship, say, is this a relationship worth saving? Is this really worth... So if someone had an intimate night, yes, if you can remove yourself from the... Um, emotional hurt you feel. Do you want to waste a whole relationship just because this happened once? I mean, would you think it's going to happen another 50 times over the next 50 years? 
if you think it's going to happen no times, which I do, I, I don't think this is going to happen again, or you're going to, you feel like you can move on, you can move forward. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like you can forgive someone for that. Right. And I understand that there's people out there who'd be like, you can never forgive. So yeah, I think, I think you have to wonder, you know, is it worth saving? You know, is there, you know, some people out there would say never. If they cheated once, it's over. I, I get that, you know, but. I think that you can forgive someone. And there's couples out there that would endorse what I'm saying, Clintons. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I think also, you know, Catherine, it's so clear when you're talking about it that this was really about you and it wasn't about Sandy. So I guess maybe in some ways, Sandy, that makes it a li- little easier for you to say, like, yeah. I still feel the same way about you or we can still work past this. Yeah, and I did. I mean, I was honest with my feelings. I still loved her. Right. I mean, so she... I, I mean, I think one of the smart things Katie did was tell me way later. So, so much good had happened between then and when it happened that I couldn't really be mad at her to the point where I wanted to break up with her because we were doing so great at that moment. Right. And things had been good. And it was in the past. It was a long time in the past. Right. You know, it was like five months ago. And I was like, okay, well, I've been really happy lately and things have been good and we've been having fun. Right. And, you know, you kind of look at things in the moment. Do you oh, think things would have? Do you think you would have thought, seen it differently if you had just like found out rather than her telling you? Oh, that's a good question. I know you never know how you'll right. feel in that yeah. moment. I don't know. I wonder also if she told me the next day if it would have mm-hmm. been different. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. don't know that these are. It seems I don't like know. because you told him. That's like. It seems like it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, I can see you, wish you. I can see you regret this. I can see it's, like, been eating you up. I can see, like, you, you know, feel guilt about it and, like, want to move on. Whereas, like, if you were still trying to hide it and if you found just, like, found a text or something. It would feel it, different. It would mm-hmm. feel different. Mm-hmm. It would feel like, oh, you might not necessarily want to change. Yeah, and I think you're hitting on a really important issue. There's, like, so much research that looks at what bodes for couples staying together for a long time. And, and like, I, in, a, in addition to, like, not being contemptuous towards your partner, which is just, like, a red flag that's, like, you guys are probably going to get a divorce, mm-hmm. um, the willingness to work through issues, big and small, uh, is, like, the biggest predictor of whether a couple's going to make it. And I think that what's interesting is, like, we... I think our age difference has played a lot of, has had a big influence on our issues um, and things that I've encountered that Sandy's like, I grew out of that like 10 years ago. Um, But we keep being able to, even we break up, like we broke up last week, (laughs) but then we're like, wait, actually let's talk. And we come back to the table and we work it out. And I guess that's been really incredible for me as like, we both come from divorce so we kind of have that like flight response, I think, when issues arise. But I think we're learning together to like stay there and realize that like it's going to be okay. We just have to iron it out and keep working on it. And it's interesting. It's like I will wake up one day and just be like, I don't want to be in this anymore because it's difficult. And then I really like think about Sandy as a partner for me and like the fact that we do communicate when we do. <laughs> And then I, I usually come to the conclusion that, like, I'm the problem, you know, but... We both do together. <laughs> <laughs> but, Something but, yeah. you guys agree on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's that it's that willingness to be open and vulnerable, I think, that just is going to mm-hmm. 
we just have to keep going back to. It's interesting. Yeah. So you guys are making it work. I think we have some reader stories that we can play from some people that maybe haven't had as much luck making it work. This first story is from Julie. She's 21. So my freshman year of college, I was dating this guy for a few months. Um, Things were amazing until we started arguing a little bit more. Um, It was mostly him joking too much about me cheating on him with my guy friends. So one day we were watching a movie and he got up to go to the bathroom. Basically, I just had this feeling that something was up, something was wrong. Uh, I checked his phone and I saw a text to his roommate from the night before. They went something like, dude, I did something bad. I made out with this girl at the bar. She's so hot or whatever. So when he came back from the bathroom, I confronted him. He immediately threw his phone, acted like he didn't remember it. I slapped him across the face. So the worst part is that he literally tried to justify cheating on me because he made out with a blonde girl. I'm also a blonde, and I guess he assumed it was okay because we had the same hair color and that we looked alike. He cheated on me with somebody who looked like me. Seriously, if you're going to cheat on somebody, come up with a better excuse. I haven't been with anyone since, um, because getting cheated on seriously changes your mentality about independence and monogamy, at least for me. So that's my cheating story. Oh my God. Is your guys' heartbreaking for Julie? Who is that dick? That dude sucks. (laughs) But to be fair, they're only 21, so I feel like a lot of 21-year-old guests suck. Yeah. This is- hang in there, Julie. Yeah, it gets in better. There, Julie. It does get better. No, um, but I think what is so interesting, the most interesting part about what she said, besides that whole thing about the blonde hair, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life, but is her saying she just had a feeling. I feel like yeah. we hear that from so many readers, and it's kind of what you were saying earlier, the reason our cheating content is so popular. Like, she kind of knew in the back of her mind that something was a little off. Well, also that, like, I think so. I have this theory, which is why I asked you guys about this earlier, which is that like all cheaters want to be found out. Mm. And he, she started the story by saying that like he kept making jokes about her cheating, mm. which like, it, like, why would you do that if you didn't want to be found out? Like, right. it just makes it seem like if someone kept making jokes about me cheating, even though I wasn't, I would just be like, well, like, why are you bringing up cheating so much? Like, right. <laughs> right. Why are you obsessed with this? Yeah. Sandy, do you have any guy perspective on this? That dude sounds like a loser. Um, sometimes I actually make jokes about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm in trouble now. Um, are you uh, cheating? Um, no. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. 100% not. Okay, yeah. um, so I think the perspective that well, I thought the most interesting thing was the fact that he said, that she said, well, it was a blonde woman and she was really looked like me. I mean, to me, shouldn't you really cheat with someone who doesn't look like your girlfriend? <laughs> like, you should go with the polar opposite. Right. That's my advice. If you're going to do it. Yeah, if you're going like, to do it, don't you want someone different? Right. Anyway, I'm totally thank, just Thank you for that I'm being the guy in the room now. <laughs> right. no, I'm totally mm-hmm. There's something I wanted to say about cheating in general in, the New, in New York that came to mind when I was listening to that, which is that... One thing that I think women don't understand is that men, because this is such an aggressive city, and I think women know that there's always some guy coming at them from somewhere, um, women get uh, a lot of attention from men, and they're also always on defensive, where they they are not generally aggressive and, and outgoing, meaning there are places in the world, uh, like when I go to Montreal, women are really staunch feminists. They come at you a little more. But in New York, they don't. And so you get sort of an attention as a woman all the time, sort of a validation that you're attractive, that guys are interested in you. 
Men don't get that as much. So I think when they send out those texts like, hey, not in that situation, but like the the hey ones you mentioned mm-hmm. before, I think they're just looking for a little validation. Like, yeah, someone out there still finds you attractive. They're not necessarily always going to act on it, but they just want to know, yeah, I, I I remember you. You were attractive. I, You know, everyone's insecure and everyone needs that a little bit, that little mm-hmm. bit of validation. I think that's a tricky thing when you Absolutely. talked about the hey thing. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting, too, because it's sort of basically what you're saying is like emotional validation, which I feel like in some mm-hmm. ways is like the worst. I feel like people always say that's the worst way to feel like someone is cheating on you. Like, fine, if you sleep with somebody else. But if somebody is like getting their emotional validation outside yeah. of a relationship, I yeah. think that can be hurtful. So let's listen to another reader story. This story is from Nikki, one of our Cosmo readers, who is also 21. I had been dating this guy for about six months and I was down at school uh, four hours away. So he says that he wants to take me to Chicago for Valentine's Day. So for that weekend, I drive home for four or five hours just to visit him to go to Chicago for Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day comes up and he hasn't, it's like 5 p.m. and he hasn't texted me or called me all day. And so... I decide to call him and he's still at work and he says that he was getting off work in about an hour and that he would call me as soon as he was done so we could leave for Chicago. So like two hours goes by and he hasn't called me or texted me or anything yet. So I call him again and he doesn't answer. So I just decided to just go to dinner with my mom. So I meet my mom at this restaurant in town and sitting at the table right next to my mom is my boyfriend and a girl that he's on a date with. He sees me walking over to them and he's terrified because he thinks I'm going over to say something to them and he doesn't know that my mom is sitting right there. So I go up to his table and I say hi to him, like acting like everything's totally fine, being super nice. Um, And then this girl, she's like, so how do you guys know each other? (laughs) And so I had to tell her that she was on a date with my boyfriend of six months. So that was pretty awkward. She looked like she was about to cry. And my boyfriend looked like a deer in freaking headlights, also looking like he wanted to kill me. So yeah, then I had to sit down um, at dinner with my mom sitting right next to my boyfriend on his other date with some girl. And so they get up to finally leave and he gets up and doesn't say a single word to me. He like walks away as fast as he can with his head down. And the girl comes up to me and was like, I'm so sorry. If I would have had another ride home, I would have left right then and there. So she was really nice and I couldn't really be mad at her. But yeah. And then I texted him after he had left and I said, oh, it was really nice meeting your friend. Like we're over. And he texts me back and he goes, you were so rude to my friend. I cannot believe you. Like acting like I did something wrong. And later that night I go out with my friends and their boyfriends. So I'm like the 12th wheel. And he ends up showing up at the same bar that I'm at. And so I go up to him and I asked him if we could like talk calmly about this. And he looks at me and goes, who the fuck are you? And just like pushes my shoulder and (laughs) walks away. So that was my Valentine's Day last year. 
crazy. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, <laughs> can I just say that I am not certain that this couple was exclusive. <laughs> oh. Like, they had only... I know that when you're younger, like, when you're in college, six months is a little more serious than it is now. Like, when you're out of college. I but, think six months is a long time. It's certainly long enough that you have a conversation about being exclusive. Okay. I don't know. I'm like, everyone I've dated for six like, months, I, I, I wanted to marry. I agree that this guy was a jerk. Right. In this situation. But, like... It seems like everyone except her was, like, confused as to why she was mad about this. Well, to be fair, I think she also has a sense of humor about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can tell in the way she's telling it. Like, she realizes now that it was, like, a whole ridiculous thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, what a crazy story about stars being aligned. Like, she ran into him twice in one night. Yeah. That is bonkers. But also, who sets up two dates for Valentine's Day night? Right. Like, Ari the guy. Right. Somebody that, like, watched a movie about cheating. Yeah. Like, doesn't that seem like something yeah. out of, it's like... like... I can just, like, spend 50 minutes, then change in the bathroom, then go to the other yeah. day. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. Like, that's exactly. how that works. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like the Mrs. Doubtfire of cheating. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is our... Um, wait, that's not what I meant to say. Okay, so we have one more reader story. Okay, this is our last reader story. It's from Tiffany, and she is 22. So I dated this guy not a man boy he's a boy so I dated this boy for uh, about a year and a month and so we started living together less than a month into our relationship he had a full-time job he was in school he's part of a social group so I thought that you know he you know there's no way he could ever cheat on me he's got no time okay no time at all we're dating and, you know, there's a bunch of rumors and stuff about him cheating on me. But I never believed them because, you know, I trusted him and I loved him. And we end up breaking up for other reasons on the grounds that he was going to get help for these other reasons. And so um, then we could get back together. So we still live together. So we're broken up and we there's we're having this party at our house. And um, one of his friends, you know, comes up to me and he says... I'm so glad that you guys broke up. You know, I don't know how you dealt with it for so long. He's an asshole. I can't believe he did that to you. And so I said, you know, well, he's getting help for his problems and it'll be okay. We might get back together. And he said, I, I don't know what you're talking. I'm talking about the cheating. And I was just like, what cheating are you talking about? What the fuck? You know, like, I was just like, what is going on? And he told me about the time that he, my ex-boyfriend straight up told him to his face he'd slept with at least five girls since we were together. Bragged about it, okay? Bragged about it to this guy. And all of his friends were my, are my mutual, our mutual friends. They, I, you know, and... They all thought I knew, apparently. They thought I knew, and I was just dealing with it. But the best one is he had sex with my roommate, okay? So the whole time we were together, there there were, you know, red flags, should have been red flags. So, for example, I was making our bed one day. I had been doing laundry, and a, a pair of fake fingernails, there was like two or three of them, come out of the, the blanket. And I'm just like pissed you know I went up to him and I was like what is this what the f and he just like it was nothing was he, he said well those must have come out of the suitcase that I got from the pawn shop for my spring break trip and so my dumbass believed him and I was like oh that's logical I'm sorry babe the best part 
I feel like about this whole story is that even though he cheated on me, you know, with my roommate, broke my bed, cheated on me on my birthday, on our anniversary, I mean, this guy was just shit, okay? The best part is he had to move home. He dropped out of school. So, I mean, it's really just karma biting him in the ass, and he's just not going to learn from his mistakes. So, I hope nobody has to go through something like that, but if you ever do, just laugh because that's all you can do. That's the only way you can get through it. And I appreciate you letting me tell my story. So thank you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Can I just say that, like, I feel like this brings to light the, like, serial cheater idea. Like, I don't know. Do you guys believe in the, like, once a cheater, always a cheater? I mean, I'm, like, asking this of someone who has cheated. So... (laughs) That's I, like a weird question. No, but. I think it's a good question. I think if you're inclined to cheat, um, I do think that's a behavioral. Uh, I, I don't know. Like it's you want to say it's like a pathological issue because there's different levels, mm-hmm. but it's a behavioral. It's a habit and habits take a lot of effort to change. Um, so if somebody is has cheated in more than one relationship, I think you need to examine that and say, well, is this something I want to try and change in myself? And I think that's something that I've definitely been trying to change in myself like it Um, becomes a habit of like oh when I'm having problems in a relationship this is how I solve it yeah like that's just what you turn to yeah there was a a Russian woman that once said to me she was older and she said um oh you know what your problem is you still have the devil in you and she was taught this is when I was like very and I said (laughs) what do you mean and she's like oh it's normal at your age and I think it's an age thing like I Mm -hmm. think in your early like these kids a lot of these kids were 21 they were Mm -hmm. in college I think you grow out of it, and I think you mature, and I think people change, and they 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 grow. Mm-hmm. And it depends and on like I think, what age. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't like what like if you're married and you're cheating. That's another thing than if you're like dating and you're cheating. Yeah. and it's like ill-defined, and uh, you're like whatever. Yeah, I think you. I think you grow out of it, and I don't think once is always. I think you know right. people people grow up. I think they change. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's kind of in some ways a nice way to like wrap up this conversation. The idea that like, okay, maybe cheating is common, but like you can grow out of it. And just because it happened once or even happened multiple times doesn't mean that you can't fix your relationship or doesn't mean that you won't do it in your next relationship. So Emma, I'm still not convinced you've never been cheated on. No, I don't really get it. I'm going to go call all my ex-boyfriends, BRB. Put them on the spot. Do you think like... Yeah, wouldn't that be weird if you ended up finding out someone from when you were, like, 21 years old? I don't think I would really no. mind at this point. Yeah, who cares? I'm who married cares? now. Right. Yeah. Jokes on them. Jokes on them. Exactly, exactly. But, um, Sandy, Katie, thank you guys so much for joining and for being thank honest you. about your relationship and how you guys have made things work and are continuing to make things work. Um, it was really, really awesome to have you guys in the show. And, Emma, thank you as always Sure. I don't, can I never have you on another sex and relationships <laughs> episode again now that your fancy features editor? Okay. Okay, great. Um, so we usually end by everyone, if you would like to, shouting out your Twitter handle so people can tweet at you and tell you their cheating stories or anything else. So Emma, where can people find you? Yeah, so on Twitter I'm at Emma June, E-M-M-A, June like the month. June like the month. Katie? At KT Schreib, so it's K-T-S-C-H-R-E-I-B. At Sandy S. Marks. M-A-R-K-S. And I am, as always, everywhere at Elisa Benson. Thank you guys so much for listening to Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. Please, if you like it, share it, rate it. 
do everything that good people do to podcasts. And we will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.